Whoa, you went no contact with your family? Like, you don't talk to them at all? Nope, because they're toxic as fuck. Are you also the villain for walking away from your toxic family in order to preserve your peace? Welcome to the Character Outs Podcast, where I am on a mission to normalize going no contact with toxic family. Welcome, all you terrible people. Let's talk about it. Welcome back to the Character Outs Podcast. I am so excited to have my friend Batman, Matt, from Dimming the Gaslight Podcast. I was so blessed. He reached out to me. I was on his podcast and we had such a good vibe. And he is just so, such a wealth of information uh, because of his traumatic experience with his narcissistic ex, which he likes to call his necks, which I hadn't ever heard that term before. My necks. So I fucking love it. So I don't know if you coined it. I'm, I'm going to say you did. You did coin it. Okay. I never heard it until I, until I talked to you. Welcome Mac to the podcast. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here. Thank you so much for having me. No, that's, that's not original. Um, nothing is original besides my trauma. <laughs> so I stole that uh, from somebody else, but the trauma is all mine. Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I mean, I'm not glad, <laughs> but I'm proud of you and I'm happy that you're sharing it. Cause right before I hit record, we were talking about how, you know, when we share our story, we know we're going to get backlash from the people that we're talking about. We know it, but you know what? Here's, here's, here's the deal. We're fucking getting backlash anyway, right? Yeah. We're getting talked about, we're getting lied about, so we may as well be telling the truth, but it freaks them out because telling our truth is painting them in a really bad light. And so they have the backlash. But like you said, it's really cathartic. It gets it off of our chest and it, it's for us. The healing is for us. It's not to slander them or to be an asshole and just talk about them. It's healing for us. And we were silent for so long that telling our story is so cathartic. So Mac, Tell me your story. Oh, shit. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, oh, so, shit. It, it's all it's so cathartic. Right. And like the whole point of this whole thing is like I consider it like a purge. Like so um, just a little backstory on me. Um, I run a podcast. It's called Dimming the Gaslight. It is on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you can get your podcast from. Uh, I also kind of have a social media platform on Instagram that sort of kind coincides of. with that. Kinda. You've got, you're, you're, you're modest. You're like, I kinda, you, you, you've got a lot of followers, bro. A lot of people admire you. Yeah. It's yeah. weird, you know? And, and it's funny cause you call me Batman and, and that's kind of how I consider myself as sort of a vigilante of, of sorts, because, uh, I have two young kids. I have a seven-year-old and I have a five-year-old and, uh, I consider myself a vigilante of sorts only because I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Instagram shaking my ass or anything like that. Um, my whole thing is just to kind of tell the story and let the story stand for itself. Um, and it's a crazy story. Uh, back in October of 2021, I was um, unceremoniously removed from my house under a restraining order by a female narcissist who claims I strangled her on my daughter's birthday while she was holding my daughter. Um, unbeknownst to her, I have a wealth of documentation to show that that didn't happen. Um, but I stand on trial. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but how old was your daughter at the time? At the time, my daughter just turned three. Okay. So it's not, you know. No, she, yeah. she it didn't happen. So, you know. It, Obviously, it, but you couldn't it, even, my, my point is you couldn't even have your daughter testify to that and your next oh, yeah. knew that. Go ahead. Yeah. So the, the crazy thing is, is that, so I was unceremoniously removed from my home, which I owned. 
and was not allowed to have any contact with my children for 42 days. And I say that and it comes off my lips and it's like, listen, it was 42 days, 42 suns up, 42 suns down, no texts, no calls, no FaceTimes, no letters. I didn't know where they thought I was. And then uh, just sort of wrap up the story. After that restraining order was dropped, you know, it didn't go all the way to trial, but she did it again. And I got a second restraining order put on me. Uh, and I call it just a football practice for my son that went awry. And then I spent 59 days without my children. Sun's up, sun's down. 59 days. So it was 42 days and then 59 days. I've been investigated by the Department of Child Protective Services three times. Three times been found unfounded. Um, I've been drug tested where somebody stands behind you and looks at your private parts while you go to the bathroom. Um, I have been psychologically evaluated and there's no entity on the face of the planet who says I'm unstable, I'm an abuser or anything. Um, and she lied. And, and really what, what the whole point of the case is, is that she made an end run at divorce. And uh, so I started this platform not knowing, you know, there were so many times I always say, Laying in bed at three o'clock in the morning, we just had a fucking knockdown, drag out screaming match with each other. She's laying in bed. Her back is turned to me. It's three o'clock in the morning. I'm staring at the ceiling going, what the fuck is going on with my life? Hey, can I curse on this? Fuck yeah, you can. <laughs> Good, because I was going to fucking do it anyway. So um, no, I was going to go, uh, yeah, like I would just be staring at the ceiling at three o'clock in the morning going, what the fuck is going on in my life? And she'd be sleeping soundly. And I'd be like- yeah. No one in the world understands what I'm going through. And am I fucking psycho? Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then, um, so long story short, I started my platform. I started purging those demons. And I come to find I'm not the only person in the world that's gone through this. Um, there's millions of us out there. And we've created an army. And I'm so proud that you and I are included in that army. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to give a shout out to you. I want to give a shout out to Doug Buggle, who was recently on your podcast. You both have been on. You guys gave me a lovely shout out on your, on your most recent episode <laughs> that I listened to. And you guys are just awesome. Like, you are amazing. I, I, think, I think what you're doing in terms of talking about no contact, especially with your parents, you know, it's such this taboo subject of like, you don't talk to your family. And it's like, yeah. no, man, like, I don't care if you're blood. Like, yeah. I, I, I've eliminated since coming out of my home, I've eliminated anybody who is against me, you know, like either you're, yeah. you can't have a, you can't have a toe in on my necks. You can't have a pinky toe in on my necks. Either you're yeah. all in or you're all out. Either you're Good on my you. team or you're not. And I consider you somebody I'm on your team. I hope you're on my team and uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's fight this shit together, man. Exactly. Exactly. I appreciate that. That's so sweet of you to say. And um, I, I, your story chillingly resonates because the narcissist tends to have the same MOs, the yeah. same weapons that they use. And so for me, hearing your story, even though it was from my narcissistic mom, I was like, yep, been there. Yep. That shit happened to me. Yep. So I love having you on the podcast and I've, I've praised you before yeah. because you're, you're shattering that ceiling. You help me because everyone thinks that moms, well, every mom is just, well, it's your mom. And it said with such oh, sympathy. Well, guess what? That narcissistic partner, that narcissistic wife, well, she's going to carry on those same methods of operation and abuse to her children, to her right. spouse. She's going to pass it down because narcissistic personality disorder, that's what happened. You know what the weird thing is, is like, I think like people like, you know, they might hear 
uh, oh, you don't talk to your mom, right? And like, that seems like very tip of the iceberg type shit. Like, do you know the lengths of miscommunication that have to go on for you not to talk to a family member? You got to really get to the bottom of that iceberg to truly understand how deep that shit's got to get. And I've I've had a lot of people recently post on my most recent reel, a lot of of people chiming in and they're like, you know, it's just about forgiveness. And well, we just need to, you need to fight. Oh, you just need to fight for your family. I'm like, bitch, I- I'm getting fucking beat up. Uh, are you fucking kidding me? And and how can you even summarize in one comment to this fucking person who's coming from a healthy family? Oh, thank you so much for chiming in. You who comes from a healthy family. Get the fuck out of here. I don't chime in on shit about fucking, I don't know, lacrosse. Okay? So, like, I'm not chiming my shit in to shit I don't understand. So, here you know what the thing is is like listen i um i I don't talk about it much on the podcast i do believe in god i'm an agnostic guy i don't know what to call it and stuff um but when you start like quoting bible verses about like forgiveness and shit like that yes so i had a recent experience with somebody who um knows my next personally and uh you know we had a fallout because i considered her one of the flying monkeys and uh i'm i'm here for forgiveness don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. here for forgiveness. Yeah. That's okay. Forgiveness is okay. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to my next, I can't forgive kidnapping children, uh, creating a whole narrative that didn't exist, standing up on trial, on a stand, crying about a story that didn't happen. And I don't care. In the court of public opinion, um, I, don't, I don't care if somebody necessarily sides with them, I don't, you know, I make this comparison a lot of times on my podcast, right? Like I always say, I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. I don't need the little people around me that just kind of are lingering. I need, I need the ones of value and the people who know me, love me and know the kind of uh, character that I have. So I'm not going to spend my time on the one cent people. And I have a lot more than four quarters. You know, I, I got to say that my support system runs deep and it's great, but I don't concern my, you know, the wolf doesn't concern themselves with the opinion of the sheep. And I'm not going to fucking say hundred percent. Good for out. you. Good for you. So tell me about when you did end up leaving your next, I mean, I, I would assume that you guys had mutual friends. So what was the fallout like for that? So it's funny. Uh, so I tell the story a lot on the uh, podcast. And as you guys who follow me know, like I'm, I'm deeply into music and uh, I'm from New Jersey and there's a band that I absolutely love called the Gaslight Anthem. And the Gaslight Anthem is this punk band from New Jersey that just rocks so hard. And uh, I always knew the word Gaslight and, and I love that band. And um, I did some research about Gaslighting when I was in, in the relationship, but for some reason, really? I guess bozo or something and I never <laughs> came across narcissism but I knew what gaslighting was so I used to always walk around and go you're gaslighting me you're gaslighting me you're gaslighting me well um fast forward to just weeks before I left the house and uh my kids had mutual friends and we all went to this like pumpkin patch meets a carnival type situation it was October so October we're in October right now this is a very reflective month for me because I'm coming to two years since my discard. And um, when we were at this carnival, there was a mother and, and of one of the kids that my kids was friends with. And the kid, it was late in the afternoon. It was like three or four in the afternoon. The kid was 
kind of throwing a temper tantrum and um he yelled at his mom because he wanted to go on the swings at this carnival and the mom said no and he called her a bad mom and uh the woman gets down on the kid's level gets like eye to eye with him and go listen a good mom doesn't take you to this a good mom doesn't buy your popcorn doesn't buy your cotton candy doesn't buy your hot dogs let you ride all the rides a bad a good a bad mom doesn't do that and i'm a good mom and don't you ever say that to me again and i can remember sitting there and looking around and there were like strangers around me and i was watching this whole thing and like we were all like look like strangers and i were like looking at each other and going wow this woman's really parenting her child child well right and i look over at my necks and my necks is eye level with my kids and she's like glaring up at me with those reptilian eyes that we hear about on social media and she oh, goes you got cold chills i hate <laughs> she, you <laughs> she goes what do you think she says to me she goes what do you think about this i go I think she's handling it really well. And she goes, I'm not a bad mom, Mac. And I go, I didn't call you a bad mom. And she goes, all right, you need to calm down. And I was like, I'm calm. I I didn't call you a bad mom. She's like, please don't make a scene. I go, I'm not fucking making a scene. Shut up. And she takes the kids and she scoops them up in public and runs away with them. And I go, the fuck happened? All I said was this mom is handling it well. So we get home, the, the whole pumpkin pet, you know, as we know about narcissists, they love to ruin good times. You know, they make bad, they make good times bad that should have been good. Especially and, if you are enjoying that good time. Right. And I get home and I remember the gaslight anthem and I go, that was gaslighting. I didn't call her a bad mom. I didn't call her a bad mom. So I sat in the basement, got on my computer and went back to gaslighting. And all of a sudden I discover terms like triangulation, reactive abuse, uh, you know, flying monkeys, stuff like that. And it was like the walls closing in on me. And I go, holy shit, is she a narcissist or am I a dick? Like, I was like, I didn't know the difference. We've all been there. We've all been there. (laughs) And so I walk upstairs. I I live in New Jersey and, and the house I own, we had a finished basement and I walked upstairs and I stood maybe like 10 feet away from her and, um, she was making the kids like chicken nuggets or something. And I looked at her and I put my hands in my pockets and I go, I've been in a relationship with a narcissist for 10 years and I have no idea who the fuck you are. And I didn't say that to her, but that's what was going on in my head. Um, And then for three weeks after that, I made it a point to stop doing what she wanted me to do. So I was the house cleaner, the vacuumer, the cooker, the cleaner. I did every goddamn thing. And I just said, what difference does it make? So I was not allowed to eat dinner before I cleaned up dinner. So I had to clean the pans and everything before I could eat. And that's how it was for 10 years. And I would just leave the pan there and she'd be like, are you going to clean? And I'd be like, yeah, when I'm done with my dinner. And she'd be like, no, you have to do it now. And I'm like, no, no, well, I'm not doing it. And still um, standing up. Yeah. And then uh, it was funny. So I, my best friend, Mo, who I've had on the podcast, I started confiding in him and telling him about this theory and not knowing that I had been friends with Mo for like 15 years, but his, oh, you should listen to that episode of my podcast. And Mo's wife started telling me about narcissism. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was weird because I had known this guy for 15 years. I had known his wife for 15 years, but she never, she never brought it to me and they knew my necks. So I was like, what the fuck? So Mo gave me the advice to start recording everything that every conversation we ever had, me and me and my next. So in between discovering narcissism 
to three weeks later when she discarded me on false charges, I recorded every conversation we had. And I he was that quick. Yeah. And I, and I, and I recorded her saying like blocking me from leaving the home, chasing me out of the house, asking me where I'm good. Cause we were talking about divorce for a while and her asking me, when are you moving out? Because I don't live here during divorce proceedings. And I'm like, bro, I, I own this house. Where, where, where am I supposed to go? And she's like, where are you going to live? And like, it was very premeditated. So, um, yeah. On October 30th of 2021, I was in my basement. I was lifting weights. Uh, she had told me, which I have a recording of, that she was going to take the kids for strawberries at the grocery store. And I was like, all right, fucking go. And Oddly specific. About 45 minutes later, I get a knock on the door. It's the police saying they're serving me with a restraining order. Pack a suitcase and get the fuck out. And I didn't have a car at the time, so a friend picked me up and I became homeless and couch surfing for about 11 months and uh, hemorrhaging money on legal fees. So uh, I started my platform because while I was in my home, uh, I had discovered narcissism when I was still in the home. And something that I like to do when, I, when I'm researching things is podcasts. And there's another podcast called Surviving the Covert Narcissist. Oh, I need to listen to that. It's a male's perspective about um, female narcissism. And that's what I needed. So I would be laying in my bed. I'd be laying in, on the couch, actually, till like 11, 12 at night with my headphones in, listening to this guy's podcast. And I call him, you know, like I say, I'm very into music. And I call him like the sonic youth of podcasts because it's very raw. It's very gritty. There's no production value. It's just a guy behind a microphone fucking telling <laughs> I it. I love out, that. You know? So I reached out to this guy and I said, yo, um, I love your show. I think you're amazing. I said, but the one thing you don't touch on while you're talking about your podcast is how you ever had the courage to leave your kids. He never gets to that. And that was the whole reason that it was keeping me in the thing. Well, so I emailed this guy and I say this all to him and never hear back. Two months later, I'm sitting in a psychiatry appointment, sitting in a therapy appointment, and I get an email from this guy and it says, hey, um, you know, I got your message. You and I sound like kindred spirits. And uh, he goes, my next found out about the podcast and I've been silenced, but that doesn't mean I can't help you. And I got to talk to this guy who's like my own little personal celebrity. It's like watching like the Sopranos and getting to talk to Tony Soprano. Yeah, right. right. And, uh, so I talked to this guy for five hours on the phone. And oh like, keep in mind, just, like, I idolize this guy. Like he is my superstar. Right. And uh, now he's in my speed dial. I mean, I can press right now and call him and he's, no he's my best way. friend. So, he wanted me on his podcast, if he ever got to start up again, as like a co-host. And I was like, well, when's that going to be, man? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, maybe never. And he's like, but he told me, you need this healing now. And he's like, start your own podcast. And wow. uh, so me, him, and Mo started kicking around names. And uh, Mo said one day, what do you do to a gaslight? And uh, Mo goes, you extinguish it. And I go, well, that doesn't roll off the tongue. But dimming the gaslight does. And he's like, fucking dimming the gaslight. And uh, dimming the gaslight was born. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a cool um, uphill battle. It's been an uphill battle. But the amount of people that I've been able to reach, the amount of people I've been able to connect with, these stories that I've heard. Um, you know, I used to not give a shit about feeling alone. Because I'm like, we're all fucking alone. I don't really give a shit about that. But something about this whole experience makes me feel so much better that I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. Like it really truly, true. because it's when true. you're abused like that, you think 
why is this person doing to me? Why did why are they doing this to me? Why do they act like that? And now we know, we really truly know. And it's like now when I'm abused, you know, by a distance, by proxy, uh, it's just kind of like, yeah, no, I know that's coming. You know what I mean? I don't really give a shit anymore. Yeah, we take our power back and I'm going to get emotional because that's why I started my platform because when I went no contact, I was just like the evil villainous bitch who can't take it anymore. And don't you love how even when we tell our story or if someone says to you, oh, you know, why, why'd you get divorced or wow, or, or for me, oh, why don't you talk to your mom? Why don't you talk to your family? Our immediate reaction is, oh, well, you know, I, I don't talk to my family because we, we offer a sheepishly a response. We never say, sit down, motherfucker, kicked out of the house. <laughs> emotionally well, the other abused, thing is too, accused you, of shit I didn't do. Like, you don't, you don't, we never respond with boldness. Fair. We never do. Fair. But the thing is too, and I'm certainly guilty of it, is like, when we get out of that trauma, our first instincts is like verbal fucking diarrhea because like nothing's on our mind except for that. And like, that took me a long time to sort of reel in. Um, but I think like it would help you and I and everybody else to like come up with a better thing. And like, I'm just going to pitch this out there is like, I just think that like, like how we, I think we, I think we were on the air when we started saying like, you got to understand how deep that fucking iceberg yes. goes. Right. And it's funny. Like people who know me personally know, like I am um, not politically correct. I'll fucking say what I think and say what I mean. And I don't sugarcoat shit. So uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't really care. I don't, I'm not here to make anybody comfortable. That's not what I'm yeah. here. I'm here for the truth. And I'm here for protection. I'm here for my kids. I'm here to make sure that the narrative is set straight for them and to make sure that they grow up not brainwashed, you know, because I don't, I don't hold it against anybody who, who uh, falls for the next, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, hold yes. because I get it. Like I felt for, for 10 years, um, but I will hold your hand and kind of bring you to the light if that's what you need. And I know that you're impacting and touching so many people. So about your, about your babies, it's such a fine line, right? It's that hard line of when they come to you with this shit that you know is riddled in manipulation, control, gaslighting, narcissism 101, right? And it's such a hard line to validate their feelings, but you also don't want to badmouth their mom or their dad because that that doesn't do them any good either. So yeah. how how do you handle have you ever been in a position where, you know, your kids will come to you and be like, yeah, mommy did this. Like, how, how do you walk that line with them validating their feelings? How do you I do it? I love that question. That's a great question. And um, so I interviewed somebody on my podcast. Uh, her name is Chelsea Brooke Cole. She's a therapist out of, I think, Nashville or something like that. Wonderful. She's been on my podcast twice. Wonderful, wonderful person. And uh, she instructed me to play this game with my kids and actually it's caught on like wildfire and i know some listeners actually want to get tattoos that say this uh i play a game with my kids called i know my truth and what i do is i lie to my children i lie to my children i say you're wearing a pink shirt no daddy i'm wearing an orange shirt i know my truth and i argue with them and i say no baby that pink is blue i mean yes. that shirt is blue it's blue don't fight me it's blue she goes, daddy, it's orange. I know my truth. And then I go to my son, put your shoes on. Daddy, I'm wearing my shoes. No, you're not. Put your shoes on now. Now we're leaving. Daddy, my shoes are on. I know my truth. So I'm actually available at the Dimming the Gaslight t-shirt store. 
I have a, on the back of the shirt says, I know my truth. And uh, people have really caught on to that. Play a game with your young kids, especially because we knew we were susceptible to the gaslighting. They're young, man. Lie to them and make them demand the truth. I know my truth. And it doesn't, you can't fight it. You know what I mean? So um, brilliant. Yeah. So Chelsea Brooke Cole, shout out to her. She, she gave me that awesome, awesome advice. And I play, I know my, my truth with um, my kids. And I have a, a couple of people who listen to my podcast who are sisters and they want to get that tattoo. And I was like, you get it. Love on that. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Do you think your kids have used that fact against their narcissistic mother? So, have you heard stories? Uh, fast forward to spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this story, but I do all my podcasts on Zoom and I have a, a, a Zoom account for the podcast and I have a personal Zoom account. Well, I had a court date one time and accidentally logged into court as dimming the gaslight. And that's how my next found out about the podcast. So uh, she's listened to all the episodes and has put into court documents that I play. I know my truth with the kids. And I'm like, what's the judge going to say about that? Don't fucking lie to him. Is it, yeah. is, it, is it wrong that I play that game with them? Or is it wrong that I have How to play that game How dare you teach them? them healthy aspects of communication, you fucking piece of shit. Right, yeah. So she's real pissed that I play Quixin. I Know My Truth. But they love I Know My Truth. And it's funny, like I said, like people well, reach out to me and be like, I, pl- I played I Know My Truth with my kids today. And like, play I Know My Truth with your kids. Play it. And okay, I just want to say... For the people who, like you said, are, are struggling with, oh, I'm just staying for the kids. You know, there comes a time. I can tell you right now, the longer that the kids think that this behavior is normal, the more difficult it's going to be to rewire them. Mm-hmm. I know it's so hard, but it's such a it's such a, a blessing that you got out when you did because you can play these little games like. I mean, that's, that's fucking fantastic. You, you're, tr- you're training your kids at such a young age, so they're not going to get, they're still going to get hit by her. Yeah. But they're going to be prepared. That's fucking fantastic. When you say you're staying together for the kids, right? Like, so I did it, guilty of it, you know, and it was funny because like I discovered narcissism and I mentioned my friend Mo and, and he and I used to have conversations when I was still in the house and I'd say, how am I ever going to leave this? And, and, you know, not have my kids. It could be years. Knowing that I'm being abused, it still could be years before I'm willing to leave. And I hear this all the time and it always sends shivers up my spine and it's so simple. But everybody always tells me they need quality dad over quantity dad. And it it kind of was like this feeling of being like pushed off the ledge and like having no choice. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't going to get quantity. I was going to get quality. So um, staying together for it's really what you're teaching them is that like, this is how relationships operate. And I'll be damned if my kids know that staying in a relationship, like love is not pain. Yep. Love is not pain. Yep. It's not, yep. you know, it's not about, um, uh, you know, I mentioned on another interview that I did one time is like, again, I'm really into music and there's a, a lyric by the offspring and he goes, the more, the more, uh, the more you suffer, the more you show it really cares. Right. And that's not it, <laughs> but it's like this facetious, I'm not going to be abused. I'm not going to shrink myself so that you like me. And you are breaking that toxic generational cycle that started with your next, but you're, you're stopping it immediately before it even gets root because 
you know, God forbid your kids go on and think, oh, well, this is normal. That's how mommy treated daddy. And then they get into a relationship that well, that's did, how daddy they're treated, being abused. That's how daddy treated mommy, right? Because like they're sitting there going like, you know, she's going to try and, you know, spider right. web into their brains thinking daddy treated exactly. mommy bad. And thank God she got out and, and you know, whatever. Um, it's not how it is. And, uh, you know, all I can do is be me. And when they're with me, you know, like I've been investigated by DCPMP three times and they're all unfounded. So it's my relationship with my kids is, you know, my most paramount concern because it's going to be an uphill battle. But um, starting them young, starting them young and, you know, I'm going to do my best with what I got. Play my cards the best I can. Well, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. All right. I want to play a little game. Shoot. And I, I know your answer, but I just want to hear it. So you have you have a friend. You have, you have a friend and your friend comes to you and he's like, I met the one. She's hot. She likes sports. She's fucking addict off the hook. I, sh- I fucking love her. You got to meet her. And you meet her. And you know, because we've been through narcissistic abuse, it's our superpower. We have this radar and we can see it a mile away. So you sit down and you entertain and you know the red flags start popping and you fucking see it. And now your friends in deep and in love with this girl who you know is a fucking narcissist. The fuck you do. All right. So first of all, shout out to my friends at work because a lot of my friends at work are younger than I am. And I tell everybody, don't get fucking married without a prenup. (laughs) (laughs) If there's one thing I love. Wait, is that that Kanye song? Who wants prenup? Don't get married without a prenup. Okay. So like to put ourselves back in that actual position, right? So um, if I notice the red flags, something that I learned early on in this whole development stage is that a narcissist or somebody with a personality disorder or just generally a piece of shit asshole cannot wear a mask for more than 120 days. It's four months. Okay. So if you're in that love bombing stage, I mean, like, so here's like for me, right? Like, I'm dating somebody now and she's so fucking good to me. Nobody's ever been this good to me. And I paid the fuck attention. I was like, this girl is love bombing the shit out of me. And I'm like, but she didn't know that I was thinking that. And I'm sitting there going, well, when is this going to, when is it going to turn? And it never did. It never did. She was just kept getting nicer and nicer. (laughs) And now we've been together for nearly eight or nine months and like nothing, no red flags. And it's almost weird. It's like, yeah, you know, so like, yeah, yeah. I was talking with that guy or that girl and I was like, yeah, that's great, man. But I might give him that 120 day speech. Like, just listen, I noticed that she did this. I'm glad that you're happy. I'm glad, you know, you got a sugar (laughs) cookie. I'm glad that you're happy. I'm glad that it's going well. But if it doesn't, you know, like I might say, you know, the 120 day thing, but if it, if it, if things start feeling off, we owe it to ourselves, especially as people who have been victims of narcissistic abuse. We owe it to ourselves to not push through those red flags. See, like we owe it to ourselves to sit back and be like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And like, the, here's the thing too. And I, this is probably something I'm super guilty of is I used to not like being alone. I, uh, I don't want to be alone. And, and like, I felt unworthy and unvaluable if like I wasn't dating somebody or something like that. And now, mm-hmm. you know, like I have, my social media life and I have my own life and I have the kids and I have work and I have 
a girlfriend and I have all this stuff and it's like, I'm not gonna, I have no time anymore to be alone. So like, this is how you know I like you is because, you know, I got football on to my left <laughs> doing this interview with, with you because I don't get free time anymore. I don't get free yeah. time. Anymore. So I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with being alone now. It's okay. And you know, like I always quote this, it's a funny line from an old movie in the 90s called Grumpy Old Men with Walter mm-hmm. Matthau. And they're all drunk and shit. And he goes, well, there's many women floating in the sea or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's many, there's people out there. There's lots of people out there. <laughs> right. this, this doesn't have to be your one, you know, like yeah. ditch that whole Disney fairy tale that drugged yeah. you. Yeah, you fucking, yeah. this is the one. And just see if you're compatible for Christ's sakes. Right, right. And give it some fucking time. I know. So, okay. I feel I was pissed off because when I finally came out of the narcissistic bubble and it is like a bomb has fucking gone. I mean, when you said you were sitting on your computer and you're like gaslight, all of a sudden this information just starts flooding and you're like, holy fuck, narcissist. Oh my God. I actually have a label for what I've been going through. And it's like a bomb goes off and your ears are ringing and the dust is just fucking coming down. You're like, well, now what do I do with it? Right. Yeah. And for me as an, yeah. And for me as an adult looking back and then you start telling people, like I started sharing with my friends and my father, when he was in my life and my father was like, Oh yeah, we knew your mom was fucking crazy. I just could be around her. I'm like, well, fuck you. Like you left me there. You fucking left me there. You know, so to be quiet, you might risk, you know, to your friend, talking about your friends, you may risk him looking at you and go, fuck you, man, just because you had a narcissist. I mean, I have a narcissist, blah, 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 blah. You may risk that. But in your gut, you know that that chick is a narcissist. And so you're, you would actually be doing him a disservice by not speaking your mind eloquently, you know, with compassion, because we know when we're in that love bombing stage and we're with the narc, like they're, they're, we're very difficult to, I mean, cause, cause the, the narcissist has the power over us and we're, we're locked in. So yeah. we have to handle, handle it delicately, but I just feel like you, you gotta. Yeah. I mean, like, so the circumstances were all subjective, right? And like narcissism is almost like a building with like an elevator where you can get off on any floor. And some of us, go a little deeper than we should yeah the trap, <laughs> right so like the trap the yes. trap the trap of yes going, so so well said so well said <laughs> the trap is kind of weird because it's like like for me it was marriage and it was kids and it was a home and it was money and it was circumstances right and we don't know who's listening to this right now with whatever circumstance they got maybe they owe you know the narc's family money maybe somebody's yeah. sick and they can't leave Everybody gets off on their own floor. So while I have the ability to say you may be in the narcissistic building, it's your decision on what floor you're getting off. And it's funny you say that because I lost everybody when I was with my narcissistic ex. They were all, they all shamed me. Oh, you could do better. Fuck you. Like, well, I lost so many friends because I kept going back to him and I kept going back to him. And like you said, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to get off. I just wasn't ready to get off. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated the people that stood by me. And believe it or not, it was my father that said to me, he's like, Terry, all right, babe, down this rabbit hole we go. You and I both know how it's going to end, but I'll be there to pick you up when, when, it, when, it, when it stops. And I appreciate the people who spoke to me and said, I see it, but I'm still standing with you. And that's what matters. You know, it's like, all right, 
But here's the podcaster and me. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So your dad knew that your mom was a narcissist and eventually your dad discarded you too. So do you think he was doing that for the betterment of you or do you think he was doing it for the validation for him? My heart just sank at that very question because you know what he said to me. I told you what he said to me when he, he didn't even really discard me. He discarded me through my husband and he said to my husband, my daughter's dead to me. And his reasoning was because she kicked me out of the house like her mother kicked her out of the house. So it's all cyclical. It's all cyclical to the point where, you know, okay, so you just wanted me to tell my friend that he's in a relationship with a narcissist. Well, I'm going to tell my friend. I think your dad was doing it for validation. I don't think he gave a shit. (laughs) Your eyes are all fucking big on your face. He didn't give a fuck about you. He was doing it for the validation for himself so that his daughter knew that she was in with a narcissist. You want to hear something funny? I need a fucking psychology degree, goddammit. You know, I've had people say that to me too, and and you should. But but see, then we can't say fucking shit, you know? I always say that. I'm like, if I were a doctor, they say more educated. They say more educated people curse. (laughs) Don't you know? That's like a fucking. (laughs) I'm fucking smart. Resonated with that stat way before you even said it. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Holy shit. But you want to know something really triggering, though? You mentioned that your discard came when you were lifting weights and she came to you and was like, I'm getting strawberries. You know, my father was lifting weights in the garage and my mother opened the door and she said to him, is there anything we can do to save this marriage? And my father was lifting weights. Now, this is the story my mother tells. He's lifting weights and he goes, nope. And she's like, well, then get the fuck out. What happened to me? Verbatim. That's why I was like, oh my God, you were lifting weights. Oh my God, my dad was lifting weights too. Oh fuck. And And he lived in his car too. And like, let's, yeah. And like, let's take this a little bit deeper, right? Like, I mean, this is kind of, I don't want to call it an embellishment. I don't know what the word is, but like when you're lifting weights, you're doing it for self-improvement, right? So like I'm downstairs lifting weights, self-improvement. Crazy. Don't you always feel so yucky? It's so provocative. It's so provocative in the way of like- That's a good word. It's really like, it's an onion that like you keep unpeeling and you get to the root and like the onions make you cry, right? And like- (laughs) fuck like you just keep getting to the bottom of it going like oh shit like this and this and this and when you were on my podcast um like we you know you were saying you love that you get to connect with people and i do too what i love is when like someone says a story like lifting weights and we both get this zap in our brain and it goes yeah "Yeah," because my story and your story and this all connects and it's like fucking lifting weights like is that like synonymous with narcissism now like it's just so fucking weird it's so weird how it all connects oh and and like you said that's my favorite 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 part is because I know that's what's healing for me. I was just, I would listen to these stories. And I'm like, oh my God, like you just took my, my right out of my brain, you took my childhood out of my brain. Like what the fuck, you know? And like you, I went into this just with the, the information slapping me in the face after the fact, you know, and I couldn't describe anything. I didn't know you, how to describe it. You know what's so weird too, is that like, personally speaking, I've found, like, I just gave you that hypothetic situation right did your dad care about you or did he just want validation for himself i just gave you that i think you said it again and it hit just as deep (laughs) yeah but here's the thing right so like you're a smart woman i think you know that i think like at least that's not super buried in your subconscious yeah i think you fucking sort of know that but we're also in denial so like we sit there and we go like 
that's you know on the table in the realm of possibilities but like we don't want that to be 1a you know we want it to be like z4 (laughs) you know what i mean like we don't want it to be top of the list but like it's a fucking real big consideration and that's the kind of thing too that like we need to work on on ourselves you know what i mean like get out of that fucking denial face the facts we're not innocent you know i'm not an abuser but there's shit that i did man i ran my mouth i oh yeah said such awful shit that i have recordings of because she's played it and like i said some so much awful horrible (laughs) poignantly funny things that like (laughs) uh i'm embarrassed of you know and i had a conversation with my aunt yesterday and i was telling her all about my court date yesterday and um she said she goes mac you're a very well-spoken guy but you can wreck people with your mouth if you want to and I was like, they yeah, told the no, same thing. Yeah, like I, I told the same wreck thing. Wreck you with my fucking mouth if you piss me. Yeah. So yep. um, I'll call out your insecurities. I will fucking call it like I oh, see. Oh yeah. It. Because if yep. you hurt me, if you hurt me, I've been trained to get so hurt that I will yes. back out. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing about reactive abuse that yes. like I really have to reel myself back in and be like that. But that the thing is too is like that's really reserved for the narcissist, and especially as I've gotten older. I realize, like, that's not how you treat people. That's not how you talk to people. Yes, I'm hurt. Hurt people hurt people. But, like, I'm embarrassed of the things I did, right? So, like, oh yeah, there's things, there's things that we have to work on that we have to get better at that, you know, maybe it's an anxious attachment style. Maybe it's running your mouth. Whatever it is, you got to kind of work on that. And, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of not bringing your past flaws into your new relationships. Because but yes. what yes. are we doing if we're just repeating behavior? or projecting, you know, like I hate like, Hey, I have all this shit in my backpack and I know you're going to do all this shit. So, Hey, I'm just going to assume I'm like, no, that's not fucking fair. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody new, every new partner, they get a new fucking clean slate because that's not fucking fair. But back to your point about reactive abuse, I for sure learned reactive abuse, but I got to tell you, like, I'm with you. I had reactive abuse towards my mother. 100%. But she taught me how to fight so fucking dirty because I would go to such a dark place when dealing with her. But confession, that was the biggest thing that I had to overcome with my husband. Because his biggest gripe to me was, God damn, like, you fight fucking dirty. Like, you go fucking to the jugular and you're done. And even after, I, I think it took me years, I'm not going to lie, where I had to take a step back and be like, God, I'm really sorry. Like, you're right. Like, I'm fucking gross. Like, I'm sorry. The thing is, like, and, and this is just for me, but like, do I love this person? Do I care about this person? Do I truly want yeah. to hurt their feelings? I understand. Yeah. You know, like, and, and man, I've talked about Mo a lot on this. So Mo, I hope you listen to this. I'm fucking shouting. Oh, Mo, I want to meet Mo. (laughs) Mo gave me this great, Mo's a very religious man. And Mo gave me this, I don't know what the number is, but he gave me this analogy one time. And he said, give them 568 excuses, right? And, and what he meant by that was he said, um, you know, maybe their dog died. Maybe they lost their job. Right. Maybe they stubbed right. their toe. Whatever it is, if somebody hurts you, make excuses for them. And I know that's kind of fucked, especially like where we come from. But yeah. like, I don't think everybody's a narcissist. I don't no, think yeah. everybody's a narcissist. Some people hurt you intentionally, unintentionally. Figure out right. which one it is. 
figure out if it was intentional, if they hurt you. Correct. And kind of like, especially in a relationship, like you just mentioned your husband, like you're, you truly, and this is so passe, but like you really are a team. And like, you're trying to come to a common understanding for the sake of betterment of your relationship, not to rip the other person down. There's, there's no, there's no, the point is not to win. There's right. no, which is really, truly not to win. It's to come to a common right. understanding. So like, what gets you closer to coming to a common understanding? Yeah, you asking me that? No, it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> okay, because I'm like, I'll answer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, exactly right. And, and you hit the nail on the head. You know, you can't bring your shit with you into this new relationship. You just fucking can't. Everyone, you have to have everybody unfold organically. You know, and well, you, you have can. to look at them. You can. And like, I've, I've heard a great fucking meme from Instagram or something. It's like, everybody has baggage. It's just all about who's going to help you unpack. Right? So like, you can bring, you can bring shit into, into your new relationship. Okay, bring, bring the shit. But bring the shit that's going to help make you a better person. Don't bring the shit that's going to be like, immediately assume, oh, fuck you. You know, the trauma responses, I guess. Like, I think anybody, we got to work on those. I think anybody who's listening to this knows what we mean. You know what I mean? Like, I think they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think anybody who's listened to this knows what we mean in terms of like, yeah. you know, you got to work on yourself. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. point blank. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. hundred percent. Okay. So I have a question. Talk to me about, so you're dating this wonderful woman. Right. And it feels peaceful. Wait, what? Wait, I'm sorry. I need to go fuck some shit up now. Cause, cause peace. What? Oh boy. I don't know if she's going to listen to this. So, um, <laughs> you said nothing was off limits. <laughs> yeah, no. So, no, yeah, she treats me really good. Um, but how do you how do you sit in the peace when your relationship was so tumultuous? You're used to chaos. No, that's okay. That's yeah, okay. yeah, that's okay. I, I don't feel the need to cause chaos. Um, okay. Really, I think what it is is um, I've gotten so used to my own individualism that um again like i don't have a lot of free time i don't have a lot of spare time and like sometimes i'm at work or i'm social media or i'm kids or i'm divorced or i'm court or something and keep in mind like i'm not a perfect human being so like i have fucking you know i'll just be in a bad mood for the sake of being in a yeah. bad mood you know what i mean Same. um and sometimes like i just don't it's not like i don't want to be in a relationship but i don't want anybody's input at that time if you know what i'm trying to say yeah, yeah. Like, sometimes i want to be alone with my thoughts and i want to fucking be angry or i want to be alone or something yeah, like for it, sure those moments are the hardest being in a new relationship because there's so much drama going on in my life that oh, i'm not saying okay. my, my new girlfriend causes drama but sometimes i just want to be alone that's it and, sure. and and um you know like there'll be times when like i'll have the kids on the coming weekend and uh like it might be our night together and i'll tell her and i'll be like listen i'm not trying to hurt your feelings but i want to go home i don't want to come to your place tonight i just want to go home i just kind of want to fucking yeah. relax and uh you know she gets it she's you know the cool thing is too is that um you know i don't know breaking her i'm not breaking her anonymity. she has a narcissist in her past too uh so um she gets it she's been super understanding and it was really funny the other night we had a conversation and when we first met i told her you know i had to spill the beans i had to tell her about my platform and all that shit and uh so i said to her you know listen uh i'm just gonna come clean you know we've been together for a couple months and i was like i'm just gonna come clean uh i'm doing an interview tonight and she's like for what and i was like uh, i run a podcast and she's like ah. and i was like so here's the thing right i was like do you know about narcissism and she's like everybody knows about narcissism I'm like yeah and and so i just kind of let it out but i said to her i was like okay my ex-wife is a narcissist now 
the longer you stay with me, you will be able to form your own opinions. But if you choose to stay with me, there's going to be a lot that's going to come up and I'll let you form your own opinions. So a couple nights ago, I mean, we've been together for like eight or nine months now. I don't know how long it's been. And, and uh, so we were just joking and I go, you know, like when I gave you that speech, did you ever think it was going to be this bad? <laughs> she goes, no. no. <laughs> she was like, it would be this bad but she she knows everything i mean obviously she, she doesn't call me max she knows my real name and like uh and you know it's funny I, she still hasn't met my kids and and uh i'm not above that happening it's just like my kids have gone through so much that like they're adjusting to so much still that uh it's gonna happen and i don't i don't know when it's gonna happen sooner than later i would think but i want her to it's just um i don't know if i'm waiting for like the stars to align i'm not i'm not even really sure going with your dad gut and sometimes that that doesn't have a logical explanation she's important to me and i think it's important for the kids to see what's important to dad so it's gonna happen sooner or later you know for sure and what a blessing that when they do finally see a A healthy healthy interaction a healthy relationship yeah yeah that's gonna be really amazing i just i wish i could fast forward time for you yeah you know what's cool outsider looking in like i say that all the time it's like if I wasn't me and I was paying attention to this story, like this story's fucking crazy. Like this story's pretty dope. I mean, it's the longest <laughs> court date in history, but my God, like it's, it's a cool story. So I need to listen to your episode about with, with the attorney. I need to fucking get on it and everyone else needs to get on it. So um, two days ago, I had a court motion where I said that like I logged into the Zoom call as dimming the gaslight. Well, of course, you know, the next had to put a spin on it and say that people in the town of what I call where she lives, Pleasantville, for the sake of anonymity, uh, she lives in Pleasantville. And she says people are coming to her from Pleasantville talking about the podcast. And I go, well, you know what the funny thing is, dude, I have analytics through Spotify for podcasters. Uh, I, I put in the court documents, I whittled it down like percentages. And it turns out that 43 people are listening from Pleasantville. And I said to the judge, I go, if 43 p- people are listening, I don't know 43 people there. So either one, they know it's about her because I call her next. I change my kids' names. It's Pleasantville. How would they possibly know? A, so they know that she abused me. Or two, she disseminated it by her own volition. So she passed it out. And I actually got confirmation of that from one of her flying monkeys. So uh, Holy shit. So I put out an episode about the podcast lives on. And uh, yeah. the judge. The judge is not silencing me because it's freedom of fucking speech. And if there's one thing that, if there's one thing that, you know, narcissists want to do is they want to silence their victims and we will not be silenced. I will fight to the death to correct the narrative. I'm not an abuser. I never abuse my kids. I never abuse my wife. And there's so many, so many of us out there. I mean, like it might not have to do with your kids, but whatever, we're all healing. We're all trying to get better. And this podcast is, has bridged that gap for me to get in touch with the people who need help. I need help. I mean, selfishly, this is for me too. I need help. Yeah, me, you know? same. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like I found my identity through this and I was yeah. worried, you know, it's funny. Um, my lawyer uh, comes on the podcast. Her name is Brittany Parisi at a Parisi law firm in New Jersey. So shout out to Brittany. Um, she comes on the podcast to like show you guys that like, I got it. You know what I mean? Like this isn't, there's no, uh, there's no gimmick here. This is truly it. And I have the evidence and, but, uh, yeah, like the whole story is like, I'm on trial, just like you would watch on court TV, like on the stand doing all that shit. And and the thing is, is that the next has perjured herself like fucking crazy. So, uh, and I can prove it. 
So it's complicated. Listen to Dimming the Gaslight podcast. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. Please. Amazon. Yes. Wow. You're it's amazing. Heavy, right? It's heavy. You're amazing because you're, you're, you're sharing your story while you're in the midst of it. There's yeah. nothing harder than that. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is that like, um, you, you know, you started this podcast off about like, you know, I'm Batman and I, I kind of see it that way. Like I, I just, you know, like you see me on the screen right now and, and, and you see, uh, Bruce Wayne. Right. But like you know, other, <laughs> yes. people, other people only get to see Batman and, and, uh, yeah. soon Bruce Wayne is going to come out of the shadows a little bit. Cause I talk about on this podcast, like it's time for me to show you guys who's behind this whole thing. And, um, I'm excited for it. I'm nervous about it, but, uh, yeah, it's just like, we won't be silenced, man. We won't I just hate that, you know, you as the victim has to hide and but it's for the my narcissist as walk. Yes. I mean, I think just deeper because it's just so twisted. You've been abused and I understand why you're doing it, but it just makes me nauseous that the abuser is walking around with her head up and her chin up thinking, oh, she's doing everything right. And you're, you know, fighting back. A great thing my lawyer taught me is that there's legal justice and there's social justice. We mm. all want the legal justice to be the big bang theory. You know what I mean? Like we all yeah. want this like grandiose, you know, she stands up, they read her Miranda rights, she did cuff her, right. they go to jail and we get full custody <laughs> of the kids. And it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. But, but yeah. this, this is social justice. Dimming the gaslight is my social justice kind of become who i am don't get me wrong like i have my own fucking personal life and all that stuff but uh yeah this is a mission statement dimming the gas yeah. a mission statement you know what i'm saying i feel that i feel that in my soul yeah for sure man thank you so much for being here yeah yeah thank you for having me you're you're fucking amazing oh, and you, man listen thank like, the, you the fact that, and like i said this on my podcast like the fact that your your face is out behind your platform and you are standing by it and of course you can get like a lot of fucking backlash for being like you don't talk to your mom like but i think that i think i think that's a good point <laughs> so we gotta go like yo it's deep it's deep it's not a superficial yeah. wound this is a deep wound and it's funny because my one of my dearest friends said to me she was like do you think your mom listens to your podcast <laughs> I know like, you do next. I know you do next. So what's up? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, she has to because they have a way of infiltrating. Like I, I, I do have a mole because she knows certain things about my kids that I know they aren't sharing. I because I blocked her on social media. So yeah, there, there's definitely a mole kind of filtering information to her. There, I have moles on my Instagram account for sure, for sure. Well, I know, but. Sure. Yeah, but I'm just waiting for the the phone call of I just doing this to our family. Gray Rock. All right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, you should have behaved better. That's my, one of my favorite quotes. Is it what's 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 the problem? The problem is that I'm talking about it or the problem that you did it. <laughs> exactly. Hey, manipulation. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. But it's going to get silence anyway, right? I can't wait to watch your story unfold. I feel like I'm watching like a Netflix series, literally. Will, you know, not for nothing. I love when people say that because people have said yeah, it too. It's, like, it's, it's watching a Netflix. And like the thing is too, is like, uh, I admit like I'm my own biggest hype man and I kind of tease things and like sometimes they don't fucking happen. And it's like, listen, I can only control what I can control, you know? But I, I like, feel, oh, I feel, sorry. I tease like, oh, this court date's coming and, you know, yeah. something gets canceled and it sucks. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But no, the story is, the story is wild. I mean, if this was a Netflix special, not about my life, I would surely watch it. <laughs> you would watch it and you probably wouldn't believe it. No. <laughs> right? No. You'd be like, come I, on, they're yeah. padding this shit. <laughs> 
Right? No, they're doing it for theatrical effects. 100%. That, <laughs> no way that happened, right? But it's an honor to be with you. I found you kind of in the midst of your journey. I feel like you're on the uphill, you know, so I'm, I, I know 100% because the name of my podcast is Character Outs. And it's a, it's a phrase, actually, my passive aggressive covert narcissistic mother used, oh, character outs, character will always out, meaning people's mm -hmm. true character, their true colors is always going to come out. And it's comical that she always fucking used that phrase. And yet it's her awful character that came out. But I say that to you because it's true. Like, like you said, 120 days, that's all you got. And then we're going to know who you are. So I just am so proud of you. I'm proud to know you. I'm proud to call you friend. Thank you so much for taking your Sunday. Go Giants. And uh, good luck to you. And I look forward to watching this unfold because I know it's going to be for your benefit and for your good. And I'm so thankful that your babies are going to have documentation of everything. They're, they're going to know. And not that they ever wouldn't know because in our guts, like you said, we don't want to deal with tier A1. We don't want to deal with that with the bad, but we know who the villains are and who the heroes are in our lives. And your kids know. Thank you. Thank you. And so, thank you for having me. I admire the hell out of you. I think what you're you. doing is, you know, you, you keep saying that I'm shattering glass ceilings. And I think that you, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you have this thing where like, for sure, that's the, imagine the people who aren't talking to their parents, like they're fucking bugging out and you're, you're on this true. platform going like, I'm here. I did it. And let's let's hold You're hands. Be walk okay. this road together. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You're so, gonna be okay. I'm You're really proud okay. of you too. And and thanks Thank for having you. me. And uh, let's stay in touch. Um, amazing. Thank you so much, Mac. No problem. Happy Sunday and go Giants. Go Giants.